Welcome to the Oh For Food's Sake podcast, where we unwrap the struggles of working in the food industry so that you can thrive in what you do best while sustaining a rewarding and fulfilling career or business. We are your hosts, Lucy Wager, food industry consultant, and Amy Wilkinson, coach and facilitator, bringing you our expertise of starting a food brand and working in the food industry for the last 20 years. Our podcast is for you to find new ways to cope with the daily struggles, but mostly to inspire you to work on what's not working to ultimately improve your career or business long term. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Oh For Food's Sake. Today, Lucy and I are going to be talking about managing stress, which is, it's kind of something that we talk about quite a lot, but we haven't Close actually- Close to both done, of our hearts. <laughs> yeah, and we haven't, but we haven't done a whole episode on it and we thought it would be a good idea to do it. it April is Stress Awareness Month, so we're getting this episode in, in April and we just wanted to talk through some of the experiences we've had with stress, which- We've shared a lot before, but just, I guess, going into a little bit more of the detail of how it shows up for us and some of the things that you can do to help manage stress. Because let's be honest, Lucy, working in the food industry can be quite stressful at times, can't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's it's really difficult for us to put a, I was going to say a thermometer, but that's not the right term, is it? To gauge sort of how stressful working in the food industry is compared to other industries. But mm. I think the fact that we talk about it so much, we've both experienced it and we we know that all of you also experience it. It must be a thing, even <laughs> if it's, you know, and, and it's funny because in, in other industries, I was talking to somebody in a, in a different industry and they were saying that they had uh, they work in HR and they have loads of issues with um, alcoholism, like sort of high performing alcoholics. And I was like, really? Wow. I mean, maybe that's the case in the food industry as well. It's not something that I'm I'm aware <laughs> of, but I just wonder whether there's different, and that's obviously a, a way of handling stress, I guess, for those people. But yeah, I do think, you know, the food industry is stressful. It's fast paced. And we've talked about that before, haven't we? You know, the clues in the name, FMCG. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think well, I looked for stats on there isn't any real stats that are specific to the food industry on things like alcoholism and mental health issues because I wrote an article on it last year and I, you know, wanted to research that stuff, but there isn't anything that like is specifically like food manufacturing and grocery. Mm-hmm. There's quite a lot about hospitality and stuff like that. Mm. But I did find a CIPD health and wellbeing survey that was done in 2020. And it said the main causes of stress, workplace stress are workloads, volume of work, tick, management style, hmm, tick. We we know and we publicly talk about, so we're not going to shy away from it. You know, there are some still, there's some dinosaurs still out there in terms of management style. You know, there are places where it's, it's done the old fashioned way and that Mm. can have a real stressful effect. But there's also other relationships you have at work, but there's things outside of work as well. So, you know, I think that's one thing I learned with the whole stress thing was you can't, 
I talk about stress bucket when I do the resilience workshops. I talk about your stress bucket, and we don't have a separate work stress bucket and a personal yeah. life stress bucket. We have one stress bucket. We are human, and we can only take so much. So, you know, things like illness or health issues or relationship issues or any any of that stuff going on outside of work will add to your overall load of stress. And it will make things at work feel more stressful mm. or you'll be closer to breaking point. It's you can't separate the two. And the other one that was on the list from the CIPD was pressure to meet targets or deadlines. Well, we know, mm. you know, there's that's the it's the daily struggle in yeah. particularly in short shelf life products is getting stuff out the door every single day. Yeah. But even in, in development, when you you're always working on a timeline like you your whole life at work is sort of managing the critical path and you know just that word sort of sends a shiver down your spine like if you're you know you've got deadlines to meet and you're not going to meet the printer's deadline and you know it's just it's there's this constant energy of of stress isn't there basically it's it's part of the of the job yeah it's and it's it's pressure and another thing that I talk about in those workshops is pressure versus stress like we all need a bit of healthy pressure in our life so Mm. there's a reason there's deadlines on a critical path because if there wasn't nobody would ever get anything done and it wouldn't get you know wouldn't get launched but but there's a tipping point where you go from a healthy pressure feeling where it's motivating and you're like yep I'm gonna get this done to chronic stress Mm. where it you don't know where to start and you don't even want to start and I think that's that's for me anyway when I have got to a point of real chronic stress in the past I get to a point of apathy it's not I I don't even know where to start so I'm not going to start yeah and that's a a horrible feeling because it doesn't it doesn't make the problem go away like in your mind or in reality and it's, you know, the need to find a way of making those, like a critical path, for example, making it work for the benefit of you, not making it into yes. something that is making everything more stressful or yes. more pressure. It needs to be a tool that's used to help you. So to solve, you know, if you're not going to meet that deadline, then what does that mean for the overall project? And how can you make it not as bad as it could be? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you can see in that critical path where you're going to get some time back or if you literally can't, but if you're beholden to it in a way that it just feels really, really stressful. And that's why, you know, some of those roles aren't for everyone, you know, if you, Mm. if you can't, and, and, you know, going back to when I burnt out as a commercial manager, I, made the decision to move across into category because I was like do you know what I can do this like I am perfectly capable of firefighting every single day but I don't want to like Mm. it was literally like I just don't want that chronic stress anymore it's not you know it's and and but some people absolutely thrive on it and that's the point is the tipping point from it being a healthy pressure into stress is different for different people and it it doesn't make you any less of a person because your tipping point is lower than other people's Mm, tipping mm. points because that might be for lots of different reasons so I would I won't go into all the ins and out of it but I, I identify as a highly sensitive person and that has some real benefits for me you know I've got great empathy I've got all of you know I 
I can really feel other people's emotions. I can help other people in the ways that I do, but it means that I can't deal with that Mm. like ridiculous stress and that's okay. You know, we're all different. It doesn't make me any less of a person. And Mm. I think if you're listening and you're thinking, yeah, I'm at that tipping point, but, but everybody else in my team seems to be able to cope with it. Remember you will have strengths that they don't have. So it doesn't make you any less of a person because you can't deal with that stress. And the other thing is you don't know what's in what else is going on in their lives versus what's going on in yours. Your stress mm. bucket is over might be overflowing and they've got nothing to worry about outside of work or you know or no maybe health issues. They could also be feeling just as stressed and not well, showing yeah. it in the same way. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> they could just have a mask on. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. is that. So should we talk about the signs of stress? Because I think this is an interesting one because I think you can ignore the signs of stress and not necessarily relate something to stress. And I definitely think I do this just because I think I'm a highly strung sort of person that has, um, I get used to being stressed, which is really unhealthy. Mm. You, do you, you thrive on that kind of stress, do you? Or or you don't? I think I do to a certain point. And I think that's also something worth talking about because I think I am someone that I thrive. I thrive on pressure. Mm-hmm. But I, especially as I've got older and my life bucket has got more stress in it. Mm-hmm. And you know, you add family and children into your stress bucket and then you carry on as you always have done with the work stress or just your general life stress. And it's like very overwhelming and very quickly. So I think, you know, my family, you know, laugh about it and sort of will, you know, just say that you're always stressed. I'm I'm just always stressed. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't, and that (laughs) sounds awful, doesn't it? Like, ha ha, Lucy, you're so stressed. Like, but they would love to try and help me, mm-hmm. but I don't listen, you know, because I, and Sam says, you know, you're stressed. It's your fault. You don't do anything about it. You insist on doing too much all the time. You know, yeah. you arrange play dates, for the kids, you do this, you do that. And of course I arrange play dates for the children at the weekend. Like what's, what, I, I don't think there's an alternative because I don't want to, my children to not have a play date or I don't want them to not go to that party at the weekend but then I also want to do my podcast I want Mm -hmm. to do the work that I'm doing and so I I am like I have like a self-inflicted issue because I struck and and we are going to do another episode on um finding purpose because I think that's I've identified that as something that's really important so that's that's kind of a sort of resolution but I think seeing the signs of stress is a really important thing to talk about because then you can, you can realize when you've overstepped the mark and maybe when you need to pull yourself in a bit. It's the, it's the signs and they're, they can be very personal to each person. So, so what are the signs for you, Lucy? What, at what point do you know that it's, it's all getting too much? Um, Illness. So, and it can be small things there's certain things that I have in the past had um, like recurring issues with. So they, they start to crop up Mm -hmm. excessive tiredness. Yeah. 
short temperedness <laughs> mainly <laughs> <Yeah>. with Sam. <laughs> yeah. Um and But do you find you'd snap at the kids more as well? Because that's because yes. that, I, hate I that. kind of don't care if I'm snapping at my part. No. Well I do. I don't if you're listening, yeah. I do care. But it's it, it that's when I'm like, oh no, Amy, you've got to do yeah. something about this because yeah being a snappy mummy and that's not nice yeah that's yeah. definitely yeah definitely true and and I think that's also why I will never concede on the play dates or the parties because I would never let them be affected because I need to sort of do work you know so that's why I really struggle with my stress I definitely struggle with my stress bucket limits mm-hmm. but also I get um, recurring nightmares and I was telling my mum about this recurring nightmare this morning. It's, I, I get this recurring nightmare that I haven't, I think I might have said this before, I haven't prepared for an exam. I'm always at school mm-hmm. and it's always A-levels and I haven't prepared for, and I didn't even do history or French, <laughs> but for some reason it's, oh, and, and it's always English as well. I did do English and I haven't read the book. Haven't it, so I haven't even read the book that the exam is about so yeah. it's like a like a catastrophic sort of scenario and it's so real yeah and I wake up so relieved that it's not real and then I think to myself but there's a reason I'm having this exam and I saw uh, this exam there's a, re- there's a reason why I'm having this dream in my real life so what is that yeah about? so it's quite good that's quite good it's like you're you properly have a message that is sent yeah. to you it, when you're asleep and and yeah. you do you actually then spend the time to reflect like what is it that I'm worrying about because that um, sounds like, like you're feeling yeah. unprepared for something yeah I don't know yeah I know it does seem like that did you I have it last night I did have it last night maybe <laughs> well, it's because we're podcast recording because we always feel like we're ringing it don't we we've started uh, uh, to everybody listening we've started like we used to just like record a random episode here and there and we found that it's better to just do do a load together because it just works better for our diaries it's part of our stress management yeah. but it does mean that there's like this pressure of oh have we prepared properly for all these yeah, episodes so maybe so. that maybe that's what it is yeah but yeah so they're definitely my sort of my my warning signs yeah I think mine are very similar um definitely getting snappy and overreacting I think another more, another sign for me is the struggling to switch off and relax. So you know that like anxious, constantly like constantly yeah. picking up my phone, picking up my phone, going on flipping LinkedIn constantly. <laughs> I love it on there, but you know sometimes you just need to switch off, don't you? And that also then has that snowball effect of I don't necessarily sleep as well. Another sign for me is waking up between 2 and 4 a.m. And mm. like, you know, when you wake up and your mind is just racing and it's like ping. Like sometimes mm. I'm like, just go back to sleep, just go back to sleep, just go back to sleep. And I have got some things that I use now to help with that sort of thing to just try and not let my mind wander and race. But sometimes, well, once it's got too far, I can't, I just can't switch that off. And then another one for me in the past, less so now, was booze. Like genuinely, like 10 years ago when I suffered, well, as I was leading up to the burnout, you know, I'll openly admit I was drinking a bottle of wine a night and that's not normal. You know, it's too much. And it was just that numbing. And then you get into a, like a cycle of you you have to drink the next night because you feel like crap. And food, food is still an issue for me. Um, and it's something I'm constantly working on, but I'm an emotional eater. So when I'm particularly stressed, 
chocolate and crisps you know yeah I, I I definitely use food chocolate definitely I like I I mean I I love chocolate it's my favorite thing in the whole world chocolate and cake yeah and I definitely definitely use chocolate as a and I so we've got a camera in our kitchen now <laughs> Sam mentioned that how often I, I go into the fridge and I was like, oh, so now every time I go to because I love chocolate in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> so now I keep going and thinking, oh God, Sam's watching me. You can see how much chocolate. You're going to be hiding your head in the fridge while you're eating it. And just to clarify, he's not stalking me, but we've, um, because we've moved house and because we had an attempted break in at our last house and we got all these ring, the, the whole ring system. Yeah. And um, so we had... You haven't the- got some like strange stalkery <laughs> husband. No, the um, it, the package that we got came with an internal camera. So I was like, let's put it in the kitchen and then we can watch the kids if they're on their iPads eating their breakfast and we can be in bed. <laughs> Love it. There you but go, there's some stress management. But it, but it comes with a, it comes with an, like an alarm. So when we first installed it, it kept pinging. So then it would like ping to notify him that I was in the kitchen eating chocolate uh. from the fridge. We've turned it off now. <laughs> I love it. Right. So let's get back to the serious stress stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, so food, you know, they're, they're the sorts of things, aren't they, that that just become part of ordinary life and you you don't necessarily link the two together. But like if I'm, I'm particularly stressed, I'd eat. And then just like you said, like illness, I get fatigue, I get tinnitus. I got tinnitus at the weekend, actually. And that is my big sign. Like mm. you need to slow down. So I did. Uh, my daughter and my partner went off swimming and I went back to sleep for two hours. It was oh. amazing. But that doesn't happen very often. But, you know, seriously, in terms of other signs for people that might be listening, things like um, panic attacks, you know, they're starting to show mm. that you're really, really stressed. There's other signs like getting high blood pressure, getting heartburn, indigestion. Your digestive system goes whappy when you're really stressed. You know, the gut, there's a lot going yeah. on in the gut, isn't there? Yeah. And there's other people talk about like things like blurred vision. You know, it's almost like your body is just, you're not listening to it. So it's sending you these yeah, messages. messages. I also think you there's a, um, an element of sort of self-sabotage as well, because I think I stop exercising. I stop. Yeah. I stop doing things that I know make me feel better. Yes, and yes. I'm still in that cycle because I've, I've, you know, I have been through a very stressful sort of six months. There's been several things like the attempted break-in was like a real like traumatic thing mm. for me that happened, and I, I, I still haven't started. And then we moved house, and I still haven't started exercising again. But yeah. I feel like I'm nearly at the point where I'm I'm going to start doing it again yeah it's funny isn't it you get we get into these cycles like unhealthy and I call them well the the stress bucket is a thing like it is a thing that's talked about in the mental health space and you've got unhealthy coping mechanisms which is some of the stuff that we've been talking about like booze and you know all of that stuff scrolling on your phone and then you've got healthy coping mechanisms and they like they're a tap on the bucket they let stuff out so you're talking about the you know exercise and stuff like that really helping you it's but there's that whole other bit where which is getting in and out of habits is so easy to do and I'm exactly the same and we must be on the same trajectory we spend a lot of time together don't we (laughs) today I got out my journal and I wrote down under four pillars 
because <laughs> everything's always a pillar with me from my marketing <laughs> background. But no, no, this is working with somebody else on this. Food movement, self-care and mindset. Things I'm going to do every day. And I got a journal out, an old journal out. And the last time I'd written in it was two years ago today in 2020. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's really telling, isn't it? Yeah. And I have used other journals in between, but this one was, this one's like snappier and it doesn't have much in it. Like you can just literally say, I've had this many glasses of water, you know, it's about self-care. Yeah. And, t- you know, two years ago, I was suffering with COVID really badly with like, I had because re- it was very early in the pandemic and I'd just got it, had a really bad temperature and, and it, it kick-started me to say, you need to start taking care of yourself again, Amy, because because of the fact that I've had chronic illness triggered by a virus. I'm I'm always I was so paranoid back then. And, you know, I'd I'd got these lists of things I was going to do. And a lot of the things I had done, but a lot of them I've dropped. So yeah, yeah. I'm picking them up again now. Yeah. So And isn't this is interesting. So this is obviously a very critical time of year for you because a year ago, we started the podcast. Yeah. Two years ago, you you sort of knew you need to do something. So what is going to happen next well, year? <laughs> I know. It's funny you should say that. Actually, I haven't told you this. Over the weekend, I put a post on LinkedIn, my favorite place to be, yeah. about that. So I'd got like April, back from April 2012 when I was hiding my burnout and, mm. you know, like forward onwards. It's had the most views of any post I've ever put on LinkedIn. Wow. Within 24 hours, 20,000 people, 350 oh, likes. Oh, my God. Because I think this stuff resonates with yeah. people. You know, life yeah. is up and down. You know, there are moments of real, yeah. real stress and then there's other highs. And, you know, yeah. I just put a picture on of the high, one of the high moments. It's sort of accepting that it's it's not always... Oh, I was listening to a really good podcast, actually, which reminded me about happiness and um recognizing that you're not going to be happy all the time and that's okay like you know things are going to be good sometimes and sometimes it's not going to be good and then you're going to go through and I'm sort of I've been sort of talking to myself and the reason I was listening to that is because because we've gone through this big house move and there was things going on before that and it's it's like that is going to be difficult and it is going to be stressful Lucy just Mm -hmm. accept that and now find ways of you know getting back to a sort of a a base a better baseline yeah but when you're in it it can be really difficult to remember that and you feel yeah and you you feel like why am I feeling like this I should be feeling better you know and and I've been feeling that as well because we because we do this podcast I've been feeling like a bit of a um Fraud. Uh, a fraud yes as I say what's the opposite I have those what's moments just, the, audi- the audience yeah. keep us accountable yeah. when we talk about this yeah. stuff and then we're like mm, well we've not been doing it yeah but it's but it is it is true you know nobody feels like that all the time yeah I think that was a big learning for me was that I always and particularly since I've become a coach and stuff and we're all like positive mindset yeah. blah, blah, blah. but it, you have to also accept that you have, you're, you're going to have negative thoughts. Well, actually, eighty five percent of all our thoughts are negative thoughts. So yeah. you know, that's that's a big thing. But it's it's accepting the lows with the highs. You know, then you you can. It's a lot easier. You know, that's part of resilience is knowing mm. that you're going to and accepting that you feel crap. I think all the stuff that we do that we talked about, you know, like food and booze and other people like over exercise or you know mm. anything you do to excess 
is often to try and mask those uncomfortable feelings. We're not taught to sit with uncomfortable feelings, but actually, if you learn to do that and think, what are the lessons in this for me? That's the, that's the switch. And you know, this is a really important point because I was listening to another podcast (laughs) and this is about, and it's, it's this um, American psychiatrist who's written a book about um, uh, dopamine. Yeah. Could you, do you know what one I'm talking about? No, it's, but I know about the like yeah. wanting the constant hit of dopamine. Yeah. And so we're living in this um, society at the moment where we need constant dopamine hits and, and the, the massive detrimental effect it's having. Because just a quick summary, basically, when you're when you do something that's pleasurable and your brain releases dopamine, your brain then has to level it out. Um, so it releases what she was calling like the gremlins that like go onto the onto the other side of the um, yeah. seesaw to balance it out. The problem yeah. is, the more dopamine hits you have, the more gremlins you need, and the yeah. harder it is to get the pleasure. Yeah, and actually, dopamine hits are just the red dots that come up on your phone. It's just those little things, isn't it? It's not. It doesn't need to be big things. Oh, it's tiny. It's, it can be having a cup of tea. It's that yeah. like oh moment, like yeah little little small things but because we are seeking more and more and more and more all the time this is where it's basically where addiction comes from and there's it's it's becoming a real issue and it really opened my eyes to Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. and I think it is about taking those the small things finding pleasure in the small things and enjoying it for what it is and not thinking I have to be happier and you know, more fulfilled than this all the time. Yeah. Because that's yeah. not that's not normal. We need to sort of get back to what normal is. That's yeah. just gone off a slight tangent, but it's very well, interesting. I, no, but I don't think it is. I think it's I think it's important to realise because, you know, those short term dopamine hits that we we do, so eat something, have some booze, whatever, they often are things that are short term they make you feel good but longer term are are detrimental to you so like picking up your phone and Mm. and or you know boozing or eating too much and when I was talking about though the stress bucket and you've got up you have the tap that is your healthy coping mechanisms what you're talking about there is those short dopamine hits that make you feel good in the moment and that's the plug that stops the yes stops it coming out so it's taking a look at the things that you do to manage stress. Yes, in the moment, sometimes a bar of chocolate does help, but it is not going to make you feel better in the long run. It's actually yeah. going to add to the stress in, that's going on in your body. Yeah. You know, you're going to put on weight, whatever. I'm not going to go into all the nutrition mm. side mm. of things. But, you know, it's it's get, it's finding that balance, isn't it? And yeah. not beating yourself up if you have the occasional glass of wine, but counteracting it with the longer term things that are don't give you a dopamine hit or in that that moment necessarily and that can be harder to do so it's probably worth us talking about some of the things that you can do yes longer term um and on the whole stress thing one of the things that I talk about in the resilience workshops that I run is that there's a difference between the stressor and the stress so the stressor is the critical path the person shouting at you in a meeting they're the lion (laughs) effectively (laughs) that is coming to get you that sticks you into flight fight or flight mode but stress is the reaction in your body so it is the it is that um the chemicals the cortisol that runs into your blood that causes you to feel stress so it's the tightness in the chest it's the churning stomach it's the wanting to run away or the 
can't think of anything to say because all the blood's rushed to the bit of the brain that just wants to keep me alive. It, that's the stress. And I think it's really important because I think people think if I took away that stress, what they call stress, you know, if yeah. I didn't have to manage yeah. the critical path, I didn't have to do this, I didn't do that, then the stress reaction in your body would go away. But that's, it's, it's there already, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, yeah. you can't, you can, you have to do something. You have, physically have to do something to get that stress out of your body. To complete the stress cycle. Yes. So, and I love this because this, I remember you saying this ages ago to me and I was like, this makes complete sense. And I, and it, and I was running at the time and I was like, yes, that's why running makes mm-hmm. me feel so good because I'm completing my stress cycle. Yeah. And that's why I'm not feeling good at the moment because I'm just, you know, consistently not completing my stress cycle. Yeah. And um, if you want to read more on this, I recommend this book to everybody that's in this state is um, it's a book called Burnout, Solve Your Stress Cycle by M- Emily and Amelia Nagoski. And it, it was a bit of a game changer for me. So some of the stuff that they recommend, but that, you know, it's not just them, you know, is recommended medically to help you complete that stress cycle are the things like movement. So Lucy saying, you know, going for a run, but getting your blood pumping. One thing I do say to people where they're at the stage of burnout, when I was burnt out, I couldn't go for a run. Mm. I still can't really, but that's more to do with fitness than anything else now for me. But actually just having a gentle walk, you know, it's it's getting outside, yeah. seeing a tree, you know, yeah. just grounding yourself in some way, but just moving as much as you possibly can. Yeah. I said to Sam, actually, because I've been walking a little bit with the kids now we've moved house. I said to Sam, when we're at home working together, we've got to commit to going out and just walking for 20 minutes. Yeah. And I, he, I was amazed. He was like, definitely, we need to do that. Yeah. I think it makes a real difference. Yeah. And I talk a lot about, I do, this is my health coach taught me this 10 years ago, a dance break. So, but <laughs> have a dance around the kitchen. You know, when you just like, I put, show my age, 90s dance music on and have a little dance around, but it's just changes yeah. up the energy and, you know, it's enough to Yeah, to and it also, feel... I think that's really good because it releases the inner child as well. Like yeah. it's a bit of sort of fun and yeah. letting go. Yeah, actually, we do it quite a bit at bedtime when my daughter gets a bit, she can get a bit, you know, doesn't want to go to bed and is being difficult. And we offer some, we put the Encanto soundtrack on <laughs> the, the main theme because she's just flipping loves that film. And we have a dance, we, the three of us just dance to the Encanto tune. Yeah. And we, you know, it's enough time for her to use up enough energy. And, you know, it's good for us as well. Yeah. Because otherwise we're like, go to bed go to sleep you know and that's yeah. not the right sort of energy you know that's the snappiness so yeah it, it works for everyone and then doing things like it sounds really simple but taking away some of those stresses is switching your phone on silent putting your phone in a drawer at six o'clock not checking your work emails uh, but it isn't just work is it because that's the blurred boundaries isn't it with social media now yeah. instagram just swiping <sighs> Well, there's a reason it's, yeah, but it's the scroll, isn't it? Scrolling, and a, that's it. There's a reason though, that's, yeah. you know, it's the same as gambling machines, isn't it? They yeah. designed it that way to get us addicted. So having a digital detox, I sometimes delete those apps off, all the social media apps off my phone at the weekend. Oh my and God. Then I find I just... that, but then I find myself going through the browser to go have a little look on LinkedIn. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> it's really bad. 
but it shows you how addicted you so are. I, doesn't it? I know how addicted I am, and I just don't. I just don't. I don't. I mean, I can't even. I, I would never even consider going to bed without my phone next to me. Mm. And I think that's a sort of set security blanket thing for me as well. I can't yeah. bear the thought of not being able to to contact someone. I don't know what I'd do if I like went back in time to the you know <laughs> the olden days as Bella calls them to. <laughs> What, you know, the 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> when, I say to, when I say to Holly, you know, we didn't used to have TV on demand and we didn't used to have phones, she literally just looks at me with a blank face like, what are you on about? Bella, Bella said to me, so, Mummy, in the olden days, before you had mobile phones, how did you take photos? <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was really telling because it, like, it shows that how those children... Like she sees the phone, its main purpose is to take loads of photos, yeah. shows how many photos I take. But yeah, so, yeah, we're totally digressing, aren't we? Because yeah. I was just thinking, oh, Holly kept pressing on my lap. I was trying to do prep for today last night and she was having none of it. But she kept press, press my laptop is not touch screen and she kept touching the screen on it. I was like, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> not everything in the world is touch screen. <laughs> anyway, oh. anyway, we're totally yeah. digressing, but. Another thing around the whole stress management thing is making time for fun and having a laugh like we are just laughing about things now. So having a chat with your friends, you know, life not all being about the stressful things, make time for fun, do things that are just for you, which is something I felt like when you were talking at the beginning, Lucy, I'm like, where in all of this is the time for Lucy? You know, you're doing play dates for the kids, you're doing work, you're doing whatever, you need to find those times. And I work with a lot of women so a lot of mums and I often hear I haven't got time I haven't got time and we have time to scroll on our phones we have time to watch Netflix so you can make time but also it doesn't have to be and we're gonna we're we're getting Amy Polly on on to talk about mindfulness which I'll talk about in a minute but one of the things she talks about is just finding five minutes you know just concentrating on drinking that cup of tea Mm. and just not having you know not multitasking for five minutes is enough just the it's like the little micro de-stressors throughout the day rather than you don't need to have a whole spa day once a week you just need to find those moments within the day yeah because my other big area that has really helped me with stress management over the last 10 years has been mindfulness and I know it's not for everyone, but we are going to have an episode with Amy Polly, who I did a mindfulness for mums course with two years ago when I was filling in that journal. Um, and actually, because it's got some of the stuff that she was talking about. And I, I think the big thing for me has been, so I already did meditation and stuff. And I found that quite difficult to put formal practice into my day every day. Yeah. And what what I've been taught since then is it doesn't have to be that big you know it is just those few moments here and there and just yeah just not trying to do everything at once just doing one thing at once and noticing Mm. what you're doing is enough to just bring the stress levels down Mm. yeah I'm really looking forward to that episode with Amy Polly Mm. so there are I'm always conscious when we talk about stress and mental health there are other resources out there um, you know, because sometimes it can tip to a point where it's really quite difficult. So there is a, um, there's a stress management society. So they, they will put details of them on the show notes. 
um, I would say if you feel like it's got to a level where you need some support to talk to your GP or, you know, counselling can really help with this sort of stuff because it helps you identify what your stresses are and what you need to do. And I always say to people, if you want to get a counsellor, make sure it's somebody that has got the right qualifications. You can do that through the BACP um, website. And I would really recommend that burnout book. But while we've been talking, I've also thought what I'm going to do um, before this episode goes out is I will, I know I've got some stuff together already on the stress bucket and I will create a couple of worksheets and we'll put a link to that in the show notes so that you can download that and just a bit of time for self-reflection on, you know, what is, what is filling your stress bucket at the minute and what's going to help with that tap to release some of it. Brilliant. And I'm going to get you to do it, Lucy. I'm I'm definitely going to do it. It'll be (laughs) overflowing. (laughs) No, I do. I feel like I have, um, I am coming out the other side and I would really recommend as well the Dr. Rongan Chatterjee um, podcast. Oh yes. And he does some really short ones as well. He does. does, Yeah, he does bite size. And I just think he is really good and he, he, he gives recommendations like really easy Yes. Um, strategies that have really helped me in the last few weeks. So yeah, highly recommend that. I can't remember what, what the podcast is actually called, but if you Google Dr. Rand, uh, Rongan Chatterjee and we'll put yeah. it in the show notes anyway. He was, he. I also listened to him recently and it was a, a long form conversation, an hour and a half, because I had a long drive. He was on Diary of a CEO. That was really good. That was, uh, you know, if you've got a bit more time to listen yeah. to that, because he just talked about how, you know, he's, a lot happier now because of yeah. the small changes that he's made in his life yeah so. and I I listened to him on a longer one as well which is on the high performance podcast yeah. which yeah. is excellent um so yeah that's a that's a good one hmm. so I hope you've found that useful today um uh, like I say I will I'll share it on social media because you know I've just admitted I'm on LinkedIn day and night <laughs> but I will create something for you to download and spend a bit of time reflecting on what's going on for you in a stress from a stress perspective and what you can do to help yourself but as ever come and join the conversation on social media come and join us in the facebook group yeah and we would love to hear what you're going to be doing to help with your stress relief yeah come and talk to us and we will see you next week see you next time bye Thank you for joining us today and we hope you've enjoyed it take care and catch us next week and if you'd like to get in touch with us personally lucy is available for consultancy advice and is able to offer a free discovery call find her on instagram at out to launch mpd or over on linkedin and if you want to reach out to amy for any coaching or facilitation support then you can find her at amy wilkinson coaching on facebook instagram or linkedin thanks again i'm lucy and i'm amy See you next time.